This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Swansea has more McDonald's and clean sheets this season, so don't forget your McNuggets are closer than you think with McDelivery. The only thing left to say is, you in? Order now in the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app are participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for further details. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Swans Cast podcast. Uh Lee is back again. Hello. And are we lost, Lee? Just saying. What's we say last uh, week? Yeah, I told you I'm gonna have to stay away. Should have been my last pod last week. No, I'm sure it's not as straightforward as that. Otherwise, probably never lose a game again, would we? But um, welcome back, nonetheless. Obviously, going into an international break, so we're going to discuss last week's match, which was a trip up, well, I say up to, a trip to Ipswich. Unfortunately, didn't get the result that we wanted, but a 3-2 defeat uh, in a bit of a tough game as Ipswich go joint top. So, you know, we'll talk all about that. We've got a little bit to talk, well, nothing really to talk about this week, but we have got an episode coming out uh, with Kev Johns, so keep an eye out for that. I'm not sure exactly when it will drop, but if you've got any questions, if you get them in soon, because the recording of that will be in the next few days, so if you can get any comments, any questions you'd like to hear him answer, get them commented right now, and I'll try and get them in if it's if it's there before I speak to him, basically. But yeah, look forward to that one. Again, I'll obviously put it out on social media about when we're going to release it, so keep your eyes peeled. Um, and as always, we'll have a look at the championship table in brief, and we're going to end on a little bit of a fun sort of transfer, what we would like to see happen in January. We're going to look at maybe some realistic sign-ins, some dream sign-ins, and I've just got a couple of free transfers that we can discuss as well. But all a little bit of fun, probably all will mean nothing when it comes to January, but you know we'll put our two pence in. I think we might do a little bit more of a detailed one before the transfer window window sometime in December. It'll be quite fun to do, put a little bit of research into it and see if there's anything we can come up with. But um, yeah, we'll get to that later down the line. And last week, I promised we'll touch on the investment as well. We didn't get to it, but we're definitely going to have a have a bit on that today. There's not awful lot to say, but we will give our thoughts. Okay, let's get started then. So... Last week on the pitch, then, as I said, Swansea travelled to Ipswich. Um, difficult game. I managed to watch the entire match. I found a nice, uh, good quality visual of, of what was going on. So I could definitely talk about this one a little bit more. And I think you watched as well, Lee. So, yeah, let's let's get straight into it. What did you make of the performance? Uh, we, well, we started really well. I thought, um, you know, we got an early goal as well. So I thought... 
that first sort of period we looked really good and I thought oh here we go we're in for a good performance yeah and then as soon as Ipswich scored that first goal which was an absolute screamer it was a completely different game and we'll come on to it but we weren't in that game at all despite the scoreline um I think the scoreline definitely flatters us but I think um after that goal we weren't in it at all we were way we were second best in every aspect of the game uh yeah so let's start off at the beginning Jay Fulton getting on the score sheet after some criticism of being included in the team somehow. I don't understand why, because ultimately Patino was unavailable and there's not really much options. So let's discuss the options because I did I did go on Twitter a bit about this because it, it frustrated me. I understand it might not be people's first choice to play Grimes and Fulton together at the moment. You know, maybe we want to see a little bit more attacking options, but we don't necessarily have that available. So Fulton comes in for Patino. If it's not Fulton, realistically, you've got two other players that could have slotted in there. One of them is Liam, Liam Walsh, who has not started a game all season and has barely played more than 15 to 20 minutes in any match that he's come on in. Now, I like Liam Walsh, don't get me wrong, but I don't think you can start him for his first start of the season away at Ipswich, who are sitting in second place and have scored the most goals in the league quite comfortably. I do not think that was an option to start him alongside Grimes. And the second option is Ollie Cooper, who has flattered to deceive, probably the best way you can put it, this season, and really hasn't offered anything. And ultimately, his preferred role is further up the pitch. So again, kind of kind of similar reasons why I wouldn't necessarily start him in this one too. I don't know what you think of that, but I think Felton was the obvious and only choice really for that start in birth. Well, yeah, I I, I got, I've never got a problem with Felton starting. I think he's a solid he's a solid championship midfielder. I think. We always have a scapegoat um, at the club, and I think over the last season and a half, maybe Fulton's kind of taken that. I think that's what I get from social media anyway. It seems to be the Fulton is the one that everybody goes to when things aren't going well. It just seems to be the Fulton gets gets the brunt of it. I don't know why, but you know sometimes he sometimes he doesn't play well. Sometimes he has really good games. I, I don't know why he's yeah. a scapegoat lately. It used to be uh, we've had a few over the years. I think Grimes has kind of passed that on to. Yeah. Norton Addo when we got relegated. Norton Addo in the Premiership when we got relegated. So um, yeah, I, I I don't really understand it because I think I think he's a good player. I don't I don't understand. I think he's uh, he's different. He's different. You know, some some games require him where others don't. Maybe he's not as um, should we say he's not as well. I say he's not as effective going forward. He does chip in with some goals, but I think he's there to do other things which maybe Petit we don't have do. that much of. So, yeah, exactly. I think. He's um, maybe less glitz and glamour than some other yeah. players, but and more like uh, dogged, and sometimes that's necessary. But because of that, people compare him, and then because he doesn't pull off the exquisite pass, he's not good enough apparently. Or, or he might have lower, you know, passing retention statistics, but that's not his strengths necessarily. He's not Grimes. He does other things, you know. Um, people saying when he starts and Patino doesn't we aren't as good going forward. The only game I've seen that I can definitely get on board with that was the Watford at home. Yeah, he didn't play well against Watford. But I think the whole team didn't play well. Yeah. So yeah, I exactly, think that exactly. was part of that, you know. Yeah, he always seems to get the brunt of it. But I don't know if this is because of... Um, I was just This just popped into my head. But I wonder if... I remember he got sent off in the playoff final, didn't he? I think it might have been since, since then. Because uh, Cooper let... Steve Cooper was... 
lot of people had their thoughts on him, but he left, and then Fulton was kind of left after that red card. And I think since then he's kind of been a bit of a a scapegoat for a lot of things yeah. that go wrong. <clears throat> he was scapegoat in Russell Martin's first season because of Downs, which you yeah. know that red card meant he instantly lost his place. And then you know he, again he's not Downs. Downs got to the got a Premier League move the year after, and Fulton haven't, and maybe he isn't as good as Downs, but. We're in the championship, and I, he's a good level for this for this league. You know, he's not even Fulton's played in the Premier League with us. He's had Premier League games. It's not like he's not good enough, especially for the level that we are at now. Um, he, he did come back into Russell Martin's plans in the second season and was kind of a mainstay in the squad. And I think the scapegoat part eased a bit, and he showed that he can be part of that sort of style. But people were questioning after Martin's first year. Can Felton fit into that style of football? But he did fit into that style of football very well under Graham Potter. He was starting in midfield before Grimes was, because Grimes was starting as a left back under Potter for the first part of the season, if yeah. anyone can remember. So, um, you know, I think it's just a bit of misconception. And I think some of the, you know, stats aren't always what you'd like to use, but. I saw some people saying there's a direct correlation with Fulton's inclusion in the squads and our upturn in form. And there was some graphic uh, alongside this comment. Now, the, the graphic suggested when we changed, when we when we picked up a point against QPR and went on a four-match winning run, Fulton no longer started the games and ultimately we started playing better. That's how basic this comment was, you know, and a lot of people were getting on board with this as well. So... At a bite, I know it's a bite, but I have to, it has to be said. Sometimes criticism's fair when it's fair, but I didn't agree with this at all because I think there's a bit of context missing here that's very important. We changed the formation at this point against QPR. We went to a four-two-three-one. Previously, we were playing like a five-three-two. So Patino, Grimes, and Felton often start in the games earlier in the season under that old formation. Changed it to the four-two-three-one. One of them is going to drop out, happened to be Felton. But I wouldn't credit the fact that Felton dropped out with the reason we started playing better, more the fact we changed the formation, added that extra position up to, up forward um, with, with Patterson coming in as a cam or whatever you want to say. That is more the reason for me than it is the one person that dropped out. And just to back that up, you know, Felton came on the pitch at one all against Plymouth and we went on to win. And what was the other game we went on to win recently that we weren't winning before he came on? There was another one. I can't remember. We've beaten... My mind's gone blank. Can you remember? Uh, we beat recently. Norwich. Yeah, it was Norwich. The Norwich game, I think he came on before we scored our second goal. That's, that's the one. Because we scored the Blackburn goal early, didn't we, in the first half? Yeah. Yeah, so just, just to sort of you know, discredit that, um, what's the word, theory, definitely doesn't add up. They were trying to say when he comes on the pitch, or, or there's a direct correlation with minutes played by Felton to our results, and ultimately ah. he's going to come on the pitch when we're not winning, and then we end up winning, completely debunked as soon as that happens, but they, but, that, but they've solved all the problems, so if we just don't play Fulton, then we'll get promoted then. Yeah, so if Liam Walsh had started against Ipswich, we would have won, I guess. Solved it. Yeah. That's that's all it takes. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I know people get frustrated with the, the way the club is at the moment. And, you know, we sit in, what, 17th in the league and 
a lot of people are used to us being higher, but ultimately it's definitely a little more complicated than, than that. So just, I feel like he answered his critics. That was the main point of this conversation because he scored straight away in the match, got an early goal. And I think a lot of people did acknowledge the fact that maybe they were incorrect when he did score this goal. So fair play, best way to do it, put the goal in. Um, so it was a set play, comes into low from Grimes, free kick. He, he basically plays it back across the goal and Felton taps it in. But had to be there to tap it in, didn't he? So good start, as you said. And we did kind of, I felt at that time in the game, we looked okay. We looked like we were kind of controlling it a bit against obviously a strong opposition. But you are right. Ipswich scored an absolute worldie uh, and it kind of changed the game a little bit. So Jack Taylor, um, say worldie, if you're going to be pedantic, you could say maybe Liam Cullen should do a little bit better with closing down, but it was very quick when the ball gets played to him, opens his body up and literally pings into the top right corner um, from quite a distance out actually as well. Rushworth had no chance saving it. Yeah, it's a bit as a belt. There's an absolute. There's nothing you can do about it. When one of those goes in, you've just got to just be annoyed because it's happened. Um, but then it did change the game. Um, just shifted the momentum, didn't it? That, especially when you're at home against an informed side. When they score a goal like that as well, it is just gonna, it is just gonna shift it. But I don't think we help ourselves sometimes. But um, we we can, we can come on to that. But that goal, but yeah, yeah, as well. One of the one of the best goals I've seen this season. Yeah, I think after that goal, Ipswich decided they were going to turn up, and we did really struggle to deal with it. Now, look to caveat everything we're going to say about our poor defending from this point onwards. Ipswich have scored thirty six goals in the league this season, which is seven more goals than the second most team. And I just think we saw exactly why that is, and most of those goals come when they are at home. They kind of play. A style, and you could argue the scoreline does show this, even though that we didn't play nearly half as well as what they did going forward. But they kind of play a game of we're going to score one more goal than you, but they do it well, and quite often it's paying off for them. You know, they they could have scored twice as many goals as what they scored. We probably were good for scoring two, you know, probably scored more than we should have. You could argue, um, <laughs> but they make an abundance of chances. You could you could. I guess their critics would say if they were more clinical, they would have even more goals again at 36, judging from what we saw. Um, but clearly they're doing enough at the moment. So let's let's move forward and talk about some of this defending. First goal aside, because I was, as we said, a bit of a worldy goal. The second goal, and I don't like to criticise individuals, but I think Bashir Humphreys did not have his best game in a swan shirt today and he is still learning that's why he's year on loan from Chelsea and it was a little bit of a tough one for him but yeah what do you make of his performance and contribution especially to the second goal yeah I think uh, he kind of personifies the problem well not the, I don't say he's a problem but I think he is playing out of position I think if you think at the start of the season we wouldn't have had Humphreys and Darling as our centre-back partnership and I think you can tell that that partnership probably doesn't work for whatever reason. Um, I think, you know, the injuries are not helping, but he looked way out of sorts after that goal. When they came with heavy, high-intensity attacking, which is brilliant to watch, but sometimes I think, like, credit to them when they're going forward. I haven't seen a team like it. It was slicing us open like it was nothing. Look, I 
I'm no doubt they've probably done it to a lot of teams this season and will do all season. And fair play to them, the way they the way they get forward in transition is is brilliant to watch. But at times we just didn't help ourselves. Sometimes you just need, and what we probably are missing at the moment is a bit more experience at the back, just for someone to just a bit of a cool head. Maybe that is where we miss somebody like Cabango. Maybe I know he's young, but he's played in this league a lot. He's played in a lot of hard away games. We just need someone who can just boss that back for a little bit and just get that game under control because we completely lost control for that period between like 25 minutes to half time. We were absolutely battered and like Humphreys was, was coming out and he lost the ball and they should have scored yeah. from that. And then just before the goal hours. Yeah. So he like that, there was a bad mistake and they should have scored from that really. And then he, he kind of makes, makes a bit of a mess of clearing it when they score the second goal. Um, so I don't want to really hit on him too hard, but I think it's just collectively somebody in there, whether, I don't know, Grimes needs to take a bit more control and drop in a bit deeper or something, I don't know, but somebody has got to take control of that situation because we were, you know, we were all over the shop and as good as Ipswich are, I think like that was the recipe for design. We could have conceded about four or five there in that before. We probably should have. They missed it was like a 15-minute spell after they scored their first goal where it was just like... It was carnage. You say weather in the storm as a phrase, but it was the literal visual representation of that phrase where we just had to weather a storm and like I said, we didn't help ourselves, but get through it as best we could. Again, through it only conceding another goal kind of felt like best case scenario in a way. It was. We were just thinking when it was two one, I was just thinking just get into half time, two one down. You never really say that, do you? You never you think, you know, we'll try and get one before half time. But I was just thinking, please, just get us into half-time at only 2-1 is a victory Yeah, watching that game because um, we were all over the shop. It was a bit like, I don't, I don't want to get too critical. We'll, we'll talk about it now. But I think at the moment it's worrying just because of the level of injuries we have um, just all over the park and just looking at the bench because you always think, oh, we've got to change something here. You, well, I'm guilty of it. I watch the game and I think, oh, for God's sake, he's got to change something. It can't go on like this. And then I look at the bench and I think, well, well, actually, I don't know who we can bring off. I don't yeah. know how we can change it. And that's like I'm really worried about it at the moment. I think those couple of wins that we had, like that run where we had before the last international break, where we had so many wins in a row, whatever it was, I think that's kind of just bought us time now in this period where we are struggling with injuries. And I think we just got to try and get to January. Watching that game on Saturday has really, really <laughs> opened my eyes as to the, the situation we're in. Yep, and... I think that it's good to say that to caveat some of the criticism, that is a vital part of of where we are right now. There's not much you can change when stuff is not working. You know, maybe you could change the formation back, but that wasn't working before, so do you take that risk? You know, it's all a risk for him. He's not got an easy solution. People are going to comment to me saying this and say, well, he's the manager, it's his job to find that solution. But, he's you know, he's kind of operating right now with one hand tied around his behind his back, I think, a little bit. You know, we've we gave Russell Martin all the passes in the world for having not the best squad depth at times. So I think it's fair to allow that same um, Yeah. I know what you word? mean. The same sort of leniency yeah, yeah. as well, because he's yeah. not got options. I think as well it highlights that again, I get, I don't want to get too critical, but I think we've got a I think we're carrying a lot of players in this squad, like in general. I think now that we now that we need to call on the squad desperately, um, 
with some big injuries, you look at it and I think, oh my, he's not even playing some. I look, I like Walsh. I think he's a good player when he plays, but the fact that he's never fit is is just not good enough. Like we can't afford it because now we need options, and you can't play him for ninety minutes. You can't play him every week, and I think you can't. We can't afford to carry players in this squad. Yeah. As much as I do rate him, I think he's a good player, and he's had some cracking games for us. We can't afford to carry players in this squad anymore. No, especially with can't the afford to carry him. He is he is out of contract in the summer, but you know since he's come back from this injury, he has been consistently on the bench. We haven't started him yet, so maybe they're managing it correctly. We'll see. We'll see if he can see if the rest of the season goes for Walsh. I feel like if he picks up another injury that makes him miss a couple, and he's he's done, isn't he? But if he can somehow manage to remain in the match day squad for the remainder of the season, maybe he can. Maybe there's hope for him as a player as well, even if he moves on and that he can yeah. get over his injury concerns. We, maybe we'll see a little bit more of him after this international break now because he has consistently been on the bench since the last one. I would like to see him get some starts going into the Christmas period. The schedule's going to be coming thick and fast. So it is the time that you want to be able to start utilising him. So if you, they've managed him up to this point, I would like it to show that he is gonna, going to become available um, but yeah, in terms of carrying other players, I didn't even notice. But Pedersen's not been on the bench again. I'm not really yeah, sure what the reason he's is. Been for injured that. for a while, isn't he? He had a really he came good back game. though. Yeah, he had a really good game. He start. I can't remember which game. It was in that run where we won, and he had a brilliant game. And I remember was it Norwich? A lot of, it might have been Norwich, I think, because I spoke to a lot of people, and then a lot of people thought the same as me, saying like he was the best player on the pitch, and and then. He was injured after that game, and then yeah. he's kind of not come back in. Um, it's amazing to think how many injuries we've got at the moment, especially. I know, like we we're lacking up front, but when we're talking about how bad we were defensively, I, we, I someone will have to look it up, but I can't think of a time where we've probably played the same back four um, every week, like week on week. Maybe now in the last couple of weeks, it's been the last the few weeks has been the same. Yeah, because um, of the injuries, but before I mean, up that, until key, that point, but yeah, like. We can't get a consistent like back four, and that's quite important in this league. We can't get that consistency, and I think like now, even though we have got Humphreys and Darling having to start every week, I don't think they na- they naturally fit together. I think Humphreys probably prefers to be like on the left side of a three. I was going to ask you about that because you said he's playing out of position. Did you mean? The fact that he's playing in a two centre back formation rather yeah, than yeah, a three centre back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, not out of position, but yeah, yeah. Like I think he like wants to pl- like play as a left side of a three, or even like he has played him left back a couple of times, isn't he? Um, and I think maybe him and Darling are a good combination in the sense that they probably are quite similar, and they like to play out, and they like to sort of quite naive a little bit, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I only saw that when Humphreys came out and lost the ball, and yeah, he Darlin just ran into trouble. Past, so he just ran into like three players. I don't know where he was expecting to go. I feel like he must be thinking in his head, "Oh, I run, I will bring them to me, and then play a pass through the middle of them, and they'll have space then because I've attracted three players." But he just runs into them and loses the ball, and then all of a sudden, there's three players running in on our goal instead. Yeah, yeah, and I think. And it's not a criticism on both of them. I, I think they're good players. It's just if you've got, say, like we, t- we go back to say someone like Ryan Bennett, who was like the complete opposite of that, who wouldn't play out at all. Those two are very much the other end of the scale and they together. I'm not sure it's a good recipe to have both of them playing yeah. as your back two. 
So I think like when Cabango's fit, it will be Cabango and one of them. No wood. Well, 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 Wood. I don't know when he's going to come back. Probably not till January. I'm talking about like now, up until this through this Christmas period. Yeah. Um, well, Wood was kind of that up. sort of player, wasn't he? Yeah, Wood. cabango has been called up to Wales, so maybe he'll work his way back into the starting line. He was on the after... bench when he on Saturday, but he didn't. He's been on the bench for a few games. He did come on for a little bit um, in the previous game, I believe. He didn't feature in this one. He came on. Sorry, he came on against Blackburn in the wind, didn't he, to help see that through? Yeah. But yeah, so it would be interesting to see how the defence changes. Uh, Timon as well in this game, I think, to give Humphreys a little bit of leeway. I don't think Timon necessarily helped in some of his troubles because he seemed to be never there when he needed him to help in defence. He was always too far up the pitch, and when Ipswich were breaking down that side, he wasn't able to get back and you know, prevent anything from happening. And I think in that period of the game where they were clearly well on top, maybe you don't push up as much, just just for a bit. Yeah, I, yeah I, I, something needed to change there. I've never seen a spell like that for a long time where we were under the cosh. And I mean, we were proper under the cosh. Like I said, we should have conceded about four or five in that first half. But I, I don't know. Like I said about carrying players, though, how many players... Are on that bench week in week out and never get on the pitch. Like it just, you may as well not take them. <clears throat> yeah, but I feel like we're not carrying the youth players, are we? They're just no, there no, not, not no the one youth, else. No, not the youth players. I mean that that tells you everything you need to know that we've got youth players on the bench that have never made an appearance because that's just because we've got to fill numbers and that's well, even with there's... the even with the extra amount of um, subs you're allowed these days, we still, you know, we still got to fill. We're still struggling to fill the bench, so you know. I don't know. It's a, it's a bit worrying for me. Well, you know, we got players like Choa on. We signed him. Like, what is what is he playing or what is he, can he play? I don't. What's, well, what's he did say on? at the start he was signed for the youth team, didn't he? I don't know. That's what he said. He said he was signed oh, for the youth team. Oh, uh, he's obviously getting included in the squad because Pedersen is not there, I guess. You know, like yeah, but like Norton's okay. on the bench. Could you? He came maybe, on though. Yeah, but could you maybe put could you maybe put him in the middle of a three just to mix it up? With, especially when you when we're under the cosh that much, I don't know. This is just this is this the death. This is probably the deaths we're in at maybe, the moment. Maybe but. Norton's got a bit of a part to play in terms of if those two in the back are struggling, if they're a bit naive, maybe he's. Yeah, but that, that's what I mean. That someone help. experienced in the middle of those two, I think, would help. That especially yeah. in like a scenario like that where we're proper under the cosh. But I don't know. I mean, Norton. He's got his weaknesses as well now at this, you know, at this stage of his career. So, yeah. And again, I don't know, I don't know how much criticism we can put on the players and on and on the manager at the moment because I actually don't know where we are. I, I can't yeah. remember a time where we've had so many injuries, and you know, Patino was suspended this week, and then like Cullen <laughs> will be suspended next week. It's just one thing after another. And when Grimes went down for a while, and he was having treatment, and he looked like he was in agony. I thought, oh my god, this is like the end of the season. If Grimes is injured as well, so yeah, I if think Grimes had gone down, I think Walsh would have had to decide he's never getting injured again for a bit. So it's a bit of a just a bit of a worrying mess at the moment. I got to be honest, and I think I've watched some games this season where, like Saturday, where we've only conceded three goals, but we could have conceded eight, and that is quite worrying. And I think somewhere along the line, I hope I'm wrong. I think somewhere along the line, if we carry on playing like that defensively. We're going to get an absolute hide in somewhere. Like, I mean, we've got Leeds away coming up soon. 
with the firepower, firepower that they've got that we know all too well, like Perot and Dan James. I think it's, it's a bit. I think there's a game somewhere where we could absolutely get annihilated with the chances that we give up. Let's hope it doesn't happen. It hasn't happened yet. So as much as you say, no, you know, but like I, yeah, I know. But like the Leicester game, for example, they only scored three, but some of the chances they missed, my God, like and and Ipswich on Saturday, some of the they missed sitters and the saves of Rushworths had to make. I know, I know. You, it didn't you have happen. just named the top two that are clear of the league by some margin. No, I, no, fair. I know, but they haven't, they haven't put eight past anybody, and they, they literally should have done that. No, the but uh, Ipswich have put four past people. No, I know, but I've watched. That's not just Ipswich and Leicester. I've watched, like Millwall away, which we won. They had so many chances, and Rushworth made some worldy saves in that game. There's just, I don't know. I find just at the back at the moment, there's probably there's a lot of paper over the cracks. I think because I think you know we haven't been hammered on the scoreboard, um, and it looks good. Like you know, I hope Ipswich and Leicester are the top scorers, and they only scored three. But when you watch the games, they, you know. They, they should have scored a lot more and we were cut apart there. Yeah, well... Anyway, R- it sounds all Rush- doom and gloom, but it's just because of the injuries and everything, I, I don't know. <laughs> just just to add context to your point, Rushworth did make six saves in this game against Itswich. I will say it was one of the games where I feel he's had one of the biggest contributions to keeping the score down. But just, you know, on the contrary to what you just... Um, no, sorry, to further further back your point, up against Millwall, he made five saves. So, yeah, I mean, he did obviously make an impact. You could argue that you know, goalkeeper's there to do that. We've got a good goalkeeper and he's doing his job in a good way, but you don't want him to have to be making them saves, do you? Yeah. He made, he made four against Leicester. Yeah. Four, four against Leicester. I just, just highlighted these as a, like, is this a bigger problem going forward? In every one of those games mentioned, he's made more saves than the opposition goalkeeper as well. Yeah, this is what I mean. I think like watch it, like when you look at the scores on some of the games, you think it doesn't look that bad. But there's been so many games this season where I think we've given up so many clear-cut chances. It's not just like, oh, they've had a couple of half chances. It's not like they've battered us. There's, but there's been games where the amount of times you've gone and gone, oh, God, they should have scored there. Oh, he should have scored that. That's what's um, Yeah. It was four against Watford, three against Sunderland, which, to be fair, that's not so bad when we had a man sent Yeah, off. Sunderland's different because of the, the red. And Plymouth away, he made six, and, and Plymouth's keeper made three. I mean, you could argue it's because we put three goals in, but still six saves away from him when you win your 3-1 is a lot, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of... kind of. I'm surprised the, the stats back it up, but I'm, I'm happy that they do. It kind of shows that... We Every are giving game. up like a lot of good big chances, and that's what I'm saying. That I think one day there's going to be a game in the league where all these chances do go in, and Rushworth doesn't pull off these amazing saves, and we could go down like five or six one. You know, I hope that doesn't happen. But what I've seen defensively, and especially with the problems that we've got with injuries and consistency, I think it could, you know, it could happen, and then. And then the critics will come then because this because this reflected in the scoreboard, isn't it? Yeah, five against Blackburn away as well. Just yeah, see, you one. know, yeah, yeah. They missed three big chances by all accounts, so so it does kind of uh, it does kind of back it up. But anyway, you know. not to beat around beat that to the ground, but maybe yeah. maybe we will see some defensive improvements when we have full availability in the squad. But otherwise. Not really sure what to suggest there. It's difficult. One, I know he's it's, made it's, so many defensive signings that even when they're all available, if it doesn't improve, 
what what you say at that point because the only thing you can say is they were signed for a different formation. So does he attempt to go back to that after he signs a few more players in other areas, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like like I said, I think it's hard to it's hard to really judge where we are until I think everybody's fit and we do get a bit of consistency and he's playing you know, the formation that he wants to play every every week. But yeah, it's um we're lacking yeah. the The bottom line is he has not he did not they did not do the transfer window in the summer to play the way we're playing right now in terms of how we're lining up on a pitch. And that could even be, an in, you could even include there in the way that they signed the wing-backs. Yeah, Maybe the centre-backs aren't so much the problem. And we don't necessarily notice it with the wing-backs because they perform well going up the pitch. But we essentially signed them for wing-back roles, but they're all playing as full-backs right now. Quite a lot of our chances do come in from wide, so it could be a case of that is part of the issue and then if you look further up the pitch maybe when you've got like a Liam Cullen playing at wide is he supporting the winger as much the wing back or the full back as much as a conventional winger would when it comes to tracking back and defending you know because he's a striker by trade I know he can play out on the wing but him tracking back defending is not what he's going to be wanting to do I was just wondering how much of an impact all these little things can have because the players that we're playing, you know, they're not all in their perfect position. As we've said a lot of times in yeah. recent history, but maybe that is all contributing to where all these chances are coming for the keeper to Yeah, make yeah. Definitely. Significant yeah. impact yeah, with the same. You know, like you know Cullen's not a winger, he's a striker. I think I had someone someone told me and it was a bit of a rumour on the grapevine that after the Watford game, which we lost at home, apparently Cullen went into the like players area or whatever it is, players and family area and was like not very happy and making it vocal that he wasn't being allowed to do what he wants to do and he has to stay out on the wing. Something along those lines. And then the next game after that was Blackburn where he cuts in and scores. So that's, that was quite interesting. But um Well he yeah. thinks he was just a case of oh, do you know what stuff this I'm I'm doing what I want and scored. Or well or he was allowed that freedom, I don't know, but you can see what the, the point is, though. I think, like you said, he's not naturally that player, is he? When he when you've played, you know, all your career as a as a striker, and now you're playing as a winger. It's not, um, you know, it's not easy as a playing out of position. Like you yeah. said, uh, being on the wing is that there's there's work has got to be done going backwards as well. I do, and I do understand his frustration, but also. What do you want the manager to do? Do you want to be on the no, bench no, then? I, no, For Oli Cooper to start instead of you, mate, because that's the only yeah. option at this point. Yeah, no, but I can understand when you've lost the game as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, like, Unless like, he thinks maybe, if we had, if we maybe he thinks he should be there instead of Yates. Well, yeah. I think there's a, there's a case for that at the moment, so. Yeah. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Can't make the away day? 
Just get yourself comfortable, load up Swollen's TV, grab your phone and order a muck delivery. Away days at home never tasted so good. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. Our participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, let's talk about some of the other um, stuff from the game before we use all of our time again. Um, okay, speaking of Cullen, let's stay on him. Two yellow cards. Now, on the back of Charlie Patino getting sent off in the previous game and obviously being unavailable for this one, where we didn't realise at the time, but since our last podcast... Is it PGMOL? Is that what they're called? Oh, yeah. The Referee Association or whatever they are. Yeah. Um, have both, uh, well, have both, have come out and said both yellow cards were incorrect and were not yellow cards. Both of them. Not just one of them. So he shouldn't have even had a yellow card, let alone get sent off for having two. And they've, they've clarified that, that that is the stance, that they were both mistakes. So shocking, really, when you when you think about it. But ultimately, I think... A similar situation here. I don't think we'll get the same acknowledgement because the first one was for dissent. I think they won't say it was incorrect. They'll back the ref up. You don't know what he's written in his report. You know, there's a lot of handbags. There's a lot of players involved. But from what I saw from looking back on the match, Cullen doesn't really do anything. Felton, if anything, brings down the man who falls. Maybe a little bit of an ankle tap, though it's, it's arguable whether there was anything or if it was accidental. That's not the point. The guy got up and was happy with it, and ultimately that's what started the, the handbags. Callum was just standing there while one of the, the Ipswich players comes steamrolling in and just barges him out of the way. And he just gets back up and just gets back involved, but without any sort of... He doesn't really do anything. He's just there. So I'm not really sure why Callum gets booked in that situation out of all the players. He wasn't the one had his arms on anyone he didn't really he wasn't pushing or shoving that much there was other Swansea players that were doing that a bit more yeah so I'm not sure that that was the correct decision and if you look at the second yellow card he's tracking I don't know who it is the Ipswich forward back who's running in on goal Cullen's directly behind him kind of already lost the run if you like but following him you know maybe got his arm up on touching his shirt or whatever not pulling but just keeping in touch Ashby's coming in from the side then and gets his leg in front of the runner which ultimately brings the runner down and Cullen then gets bundled over on top of him and gets a yellow card for it now for me Ashby's the one that brings the player down yeah. and Cullen gets the second yellow card I you mentioned didn't you like why didn't Ashby kind of say like it was me that brought him down I'm not sure if it would have changed the result it's like he didn't even try and you know, you're going down to 10 men. Yeah, I think you would have if you were going down to 10 men. You should be saying, like, look, it was me. I brought him down. You've, you've got it wrong. Like I said, they probably wouldn't have, like you said, they wouldn't have changed his decision, but it's worth a go, isn't it? Yeah, but he didn't even, like, try, did he? He was like, it felt yeah. like he was quite happy to not get punished for it. Yeah. Rather than think of the team, if you like. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I but, don't know. Uh, well, yeah. Unless he thinks that Cullen's brought him down because he's like fallen on top of him, unless he th- but yeah, yeah, but he's fallen on top of him because he's already going down. Yeah, I, either either way, the rest got it wrong again. Um, because I just it's just another another poor referee and display is a couple of things yeah. in that game. Just yeah, um, another thing which uh, this went to our advantage, but this allowed goal from a corner. Yeah, 
which to be as I can't I meant to check before we came on, but I was so uh I was looking at the referee rather looking for a mis- like a, a reason for him to not give the goal rather than looking at the goal it, itself because obviously he wasn't allowed. But there's a run from outside the box that one of our players just ignores until it's way too late and then decides to start chasing him. But he's never getting there and it's the easiest goal you'll ever see. Uh, very poor defending. I didn't check who it was again because it was disallowed. I was looking for a reason why it was disallowed and couldn't really see one. The only thing that it could potentially have been was Bashir Humphreys is defending right next to Rushworth in the goal with the forward kind of back to, to Humphreys pushing him back into Rushworth and I think because of the nature of where the ball ends up in the back of the net, it goes directly into that space. The referee must have decided that was impeding the goalkeeper. That's all I can think, because yeah. I can't see any other reason. It is soft. We had one a couple of weeks ago that was equally as soft that got disallowed. So you could say what goes around comes around, but regardless, it's not an excuse, and both of them are poor decisions. If that is the reason, though, what I will say is, if that's a rule and that's a reason to disallow a goal, it's fine, but it needs to happen all the time. Oh, I know. I just, I just fed up of all these grey areas in the game. Yeah. Now I think it's becoming boring. Like I don't want to talk about refs all the time. Sometimes just seems petty when we lose a game. Like, oh, refs are bad. But I, I don't think it had a bearing on the on the result this time. But the one against Watford did, where we would have gone one 0 up. But I just want to see like. I'm just fed up with the grey areas. Where's the consistency? Like, how can one thing be a foul one week and not the next week? Like, you know, surely there's got to be a way of, you know, having some sort of rule-based approach where, you know, this sort of contact is not a foul or we're looking for this sort of contact in the box. It's just getting ridiculous now that it's different week in, week out. And that was a poor decision as well, that one, because I, I, I'm with you. I can't see why he's disallowed that goal. I mean, we'll take it. Um, ultimately it didn't matter but it's, yeah it's poor yeah it is poor uh, this one didn't matter but ultimately straight away afterwards you could argue he gave a soft penalty away maybe because he thought this shouldn't have been disallowed on hindsight I don't think it was a penalty but you can't argue with it because it should have disallowed goal but that's not the point is it you shouldn't give leeway for things like that but ultimately you don't mind because they deserve to be ahead by another goal uh, Ashby it was, wasn't it, that was kind of yeah. lost his man in the box. There is flailing arms and the players, in my opinion, used that to his advantage to buy and win a penalty. I think it is soft. You can't necessarily say the like Ashby has given the, the decision to the referee to make because his hands are up on, on the player. But you see far worse manhandling that don't get penalties because refs are like, score... It's that argument in there where you say, oh, well, that's a foul anywhere else on the pitch, but if it's in the box, you're not going to give us a pen. Yeah. Well, this was like the other way around, if you like, where you think that gets let off everywhere else on the pitch, but he has given the pen. And again, grey area thing, yeah. but weird decisions and inconsistent and frustrating. Yeah, I think my only... Um, yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. I'm not, I'm not going to dispute that. I think the only thing is, like you said, I think when you because of where they are in the box as well like it's kind of they were kind of on their own like separated it's kind of highlighted isn't it and when you yeah. put your arms up you've kind of given the, the striker every chance to take yeah. advantage of that it's similar to I remember a couple of weeks ago in the Man City Man United game where Rodri was like running through and Hoyland like just sort of puts his arm out and it's very very soft but he gets a penalty for that 
I don't think it should be a penalty in both cases, but I think you've given you've given the striker a chance to go down, haven't you? Yeah, it's kind of like he sees the arm because Ashby's keeping his arm up because he's yeah. just losing him on his run. So he yeah. kind of has his arm like stretching, like oh, I want to stay with him, um, and the the striker kind of uses his arm to sort of clothesline himself and goes down. It's the best way I can describe it, but yeah. gets the penalty and ultimately they get the goal they should have had minutes earlier. So we can't be disgruntled from the match perspective, and they deserve that lead. Yeah. But just the referee in, just a bit, um, again, shocking after the previous week, which was bad as well. I guess just every week at the moment, and we don't want to keep talking about it, but it is key moments. Like you said, this one didn't really affect the result, but they have done. Yeah, it's just something, it's, it's going to be, I think it's just going to be something every week, isn't it? Yeah. Whatever whatever game we watch, I think there's going to be like some sort of mistake every week. So um... Yeah. Last thing to talk about from this game then, it did end up a positive and we had a bit of a hope of getting an equaliser towards the end because of a solo effort from Jamal Lowe, who has played in up the wing and manages to run around the outside of the defence into the box and cuts back in. The keeper ends up on the floor and it ends up being a tap-in for Jamal Lowe, but an incredibly good run, good solo goal. And that's just what I want to see more of from him, any of our attacking players. Ultimately, he probably is the only one that's going to do it because he is the only one that's really a winger uh, I personally think Jimmy Patterson has gone really quiet again lately as well Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Um, we'll talk about him maybe next week but just in terms of that spark, Jamal Lowe for me is the only one that's going to do it, Callum we said not a winger so yeah, I would like to see him taking on players running at teams more because that's Maybe we need to get him behind a bit more and create these opportunities. And look what happened. Did well, look what happened out of this one? I think when we were watching, we were talking in WhatsApp and saying like, the Ipswich are so good going forward, but all of their players are just having a go. They're running at us and yeah. playing them balls in behind, and we just kind of get to a defender and then don't try those things. On the occasion, Jamalo did and backed himself. He got through and scored. So it'd just be nice to see a bit more of that going forward. Yeah, that's what, what we've been desperately missing, isn't it? Just someone who can... I think we've lost that when Janelli got injured, but we just desperately need pace, I think. And you can see what it does. Like, Ipswich have got it, like you said, added all over the field. They had you know, three or four players just bombing at us, and it's hard to defend. And Lowe doing that later on in the game, no fairness to him, even though he was quiet most of the game, but that was um, yeah. that was brilliant, no fairness. And that's, that's a, you're right, that's exactly what we've been missing. Well, I said a few weeks ago he's been a bit quiet for me and his penalty goals have bumped up his numbers and I think kept people a bit happier than maybe what they should be with how he's played. But this is what I wanted to see when I was saying those comments. So it shows that he's still capable of doing that, a more open play attacking threat. And you know I want to see a little bit more of that from him going forward. Right, let's move on then. So let's go to two up, two down, looking at the championship. We'll briefly go over this one. So I've got... For the two up, I've got Leeds this week. So they've closed to within eight points of first place, who are currently joint first, actually. Leicester and Ipswich on 39. Leeds now sit on 31 with a win over Plymouth on the weekend, as Leicester also dropped dropped more points. But we'll talk about them in the down part in a second. But yeah, so they're eight points within to first. So maybe the automatic promotion race isn't quite over like we all thought if either of those teams can have a little bit more of a slump. Leeds seem to definitely have found their form. 
Yeah, I think uh, I, I think it was always going to be the case with Leeds. I think um, at the start of the season, I think we had them in down quite a bit, didn't we? Just because we didn't know what was going to happen. But as soon as they, um, as soon as they made a couple of sign-ins and they got their squad a bit more settled, uh, they were going to um, they were going to sort it out. And I mean, it just seems every week that it's Dan James and Perot that are scoring, and I'm absolutely dreading when we go to them in in a, in a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's not going to be pretty, is it? Um, Ipswich then, they go level top on points, as I just mentioned, with Leicester. That's that's a crazy fairy tale story from them coming up from League One, maintaining that form that I've done them so well all calendar year after a promotion is kind of insane, really. They they're in one of the they're in good company with the top European leagues in terms of form for the season, uh, in like the top three or four or something ridiculous. So fair play to them. And if they can keep that going they deserve everything that's coming with it. And obviously we had the brunt end of it this week, but it'll be someone else next week and, and so on and so forth for them. Norwich then are in my... I meant to put Cardiff, not Norwich. But basically the reason is because Cardiff allowed Norwich to end their run of very poor form because they allowed Norwich to have a very late comeback win at home. So Cardiff was meant to be the negative. Is a kind of a one of each, I guess, because Norwich yeah, came yeah. out of that really yeah. good. They haven't won for a while. They were under a lot of pressure and they were losing very late into that game, but ultimately managed to turn it around to get a late win at Cardiff. And Leicester, the other one in the down, um, first back-to-back defeats for them this season with another loss, this time to Middlesbrough. As the bubble burst, or was it just a blip? Oh, I say they'll be fine. <laughs> They'll be fine. Yeah. I think it's, it, they, they, there's always going to be, with just through the number of games and the intensity of games in the in the championship. Nobody, uh, I yeah. know teams do run away with it, but not uh, not totally. They will have a, a bit of a dip in form, but I'm yeah, I'm sure they'll pick up and run away with it at some point. Indeed. So they've actually still only conceded ten goals this season, with his, which is significantly better than anyone else. I think the next lowest is sixteen. So says it all, really. Their defence is. You know they might not be scoring as much as Ipswich, but they're doing very well defensively, and it's not like they're not scoring either. They've still scored twenty nine, but they lost one yeah. nil to Millersbrook. Yeah, fair play to uh, Ipswich. I think going back to that, like just to that they had you know the same they the same points as Leicester now, and they and they actually they had a bad result in the week, didn't they? Ipswich where they drew with Rotherham away, and they, yeah. they should be up on their own really. But and Ipswich have only lost one game, and Leicester have lost three now. Yeah, I, I so I, you know, kind of does put into perspective what we had to play on Saturday, but um, not excusing us, but I mean, um, let's switch to the real deal. But it's probably something we can talk about in another podcast, maybe when we sort of talk about like transfers. But um, I think the Ipswich model is just shows what you can do when you've got a steady squad. They, they've essentially got a lot of the same players that they came up with. I think the manager's been there for for a while. They've had that squad for you know a good two seasons, and they've just got that way of playing, and they all buy into it. And I think that's just what you're seeing. Like a lot of times, especially with us, the turnover of players and staff every season is just not going to work long term, is it? No. Nope, it is not. But we'll we'll see. We got a lot of well, we're talking about it now. Actually, let's just move on to that. Speaking of turnover of players and staff. News and rumours, uh, we've got some news this week. We said we are going to touch on it last week, we'll talk about it now. 
Swansea City have some new investment. 3.5 million has been injected or invested from the basically the ownership team. So Swansea City Football LLC, uh, which consists of, you know, all the owners that you know of, Andy Coleman, Jason Levin, Steve Kaplan, and Jake Silverstone. So basically they've invested more, which dilutes the ownership from all the minor investors further. Uh, yeah. I think they had some investment in the summer from the same group. And they talk about in the article I'm reading from BBC that potentially might be more needed this season. They talk, they cite reasons being the increased inflation, which obviously has affected football club as well as the rest of the world. I don't, really know what to think about it they obviously are putting money in they're saying they've got money for players available there's there's some new weird roles being created at the top end of the yeah. of the hierarchy uh the trust seems to welcome the news i guess the bottom line is they are putting it they're putting money into the club and people always say about them taking money out but this group is putting money in and i don't think they would want to do that to lose the money so You'd like to think it's for the good reasons, but only time will really tell what comes of this, really. Yeah, yeah, I think, um, look, if they, if they put if they put in money in, whatever it's for, um, it can only be a good thing. I think they said, which was a little bit worrying to me, I think I haven't got the, the statement in front of me, but didn't they mention it could go towards, like, the working capital, which is kind of like... It's just cash. the running of the club, isn't it? I know, that's a little bit worrying in that statement, though, just saying that we needed yeah. that cash injection to kind of I think, keep things looking over. I think it's important to, the, to to say at this point, most championship clubs are struggling right now. Oh, yeah, Because of yeah. the yeah. financial situation of the world, and it perhaps shows how important aiming for promotion is, but also why the transfer activity has been quite low recently across the league, especially when fees are involved. Maybe they put money in to protect the runnings of the club, knowing that they need to keep some of what was already there from player sales for more players. But yeah, we'll see in yeah. January. Yeah, no, I, I think about yeah, I think January will will tell. But it's weird that I don't know. I'm not expecting us at all to make a lot of moves in January, especially with the how active we were in the summer. But maybe injuries are playing a part in that. But um, we'll have to wait and see. But you are you are right. I think. And I think now this is why we're seeing teams like Leicester come down more often and just absolutely hammer the league because the parachute payments are taking clubs so far ahead. Whereas Ipswich are kind of breaking that rule at the moment, but teams in the championship are struggling to keep up with the teams that come down with the amount of money they've got and then the parachute payments on top. I think the gulf is becoming much bigger now because there's a lot of championship teams struggling, especially if you're in that middle pack. Yeah, like us. I think it's just it's, we just can't we just can't compete, and we're not going to compete. You just need to get it all right in one season and have that magical season that kind of gets you over the line. But it's yeah. very very tricky, and that's the reality. And maybe why expectations need to be kept in check sometimes when we talk about poor form and all the rest of it. Every other team is probably going through. through similar yeah, I things. think this is this look. This is the beauty of us doing the video a couple of days after the game because you kind of have a chance to digest. The result and look at the bigger picture and because you know we we always have a knee-jerk reaction to we on whatsapp like while the game is on and straight after and you just got so much to say but then now having a couple of days to sort of think about it and you're just like right okay we have got an absolute truckload of injuries let's just wait and see 
um, if we can get through this spell, you know, you kind of you kind yeah. of take, and now you can. I've kind of appreciated more over the last couple of days, like how good Ipswich actually are. Um, yeah, as worrying as we are defensively again, but we'll um, yeah, we'll see what comes of that. Okay, so last bit of news: half season tickets are now available if anybody is interested. <laughs> speaking of money going into the club, um, yeah. but yeah, they are they are now available. Um, okay. <laughs> We haven't got that long left, about five minutes or so, so we'll try and squeeze as many of these in as we can. As I said, we are going to do a little bit more of a longer and detailed video on this, but I thought it would be a little bit of fun. So, do you want to name one each then? A realistic sign-in. Let's do realistic last because it's boring. Uh, a dream sign-in that we could that we would like to sign in January then. Kind how, of when I say dream, I don't don't say like messy. You say like yeah, I was going to say how dream. Someone are we that's going? borderline. It could happen if all the stars aligned, but you know it's not going to happen. This is going to need this is going to need some thought. This have you got one? Well, I was looking at the free transfer list. I'll give you two. That's a good idea. Yeah. Jesse Lingard is on a free transfer. He's knocking about without a club at the moment, and obviously he had his trade in the promoted team last season to the to the Prem. He's thirty now. Maybe he could drop to the Championship. Probably not. Probably wants so much money, but he's on the list for. A dream, and I'm not saying he's my dream player. I just think he would do good in the yeah. championship. We need someone with some attacking quality. So yeah, like I'll give you another one. I'll give you another one. Danny Welbeck is out of contract for Brighton in the summer. Thirty-two. Bit of experience. Someone score some goals, maybe. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's that's, that's too good. That's too good for the dream one. Yeah, I can't yeah. see it happening. You got one. <laughs> Uh, I well, I, I I was looking before the thing, and I was I kind of always have a bit of an eye on our ex players, and uh, Bruce that comes to mind is kind of a you know not it's a missed opportunity, business. but unfinished business. Yeah, that's, that's the way I think. And I, he's not playing. I know he's injured at the moment, but he's not really playing much in the Premiership. Yeah, and I think if that, and, and again, I don't see it happening. But as a dream move, I think he would be good, especially in this system. He's got a lot of pace, and the way and I think it would suit us very well. I think I'd like to see Brewster, but yeah, it's not gonna happen. Okay, I listed some. Dream, yeah, we will. We will. I listed some free transfers. I'll go through all of these. I'll list them off quickly. Uh, that they kind of are realistic, maybe or maybe not. I don't know. Maybe you can answer. But some names have stood out for me that maybe we could explore. They might not pay off, but we could have a look at. Helder Costa, 29 years old now, right winger. He obviously was at Leeds before, but he's free transfer. Anwar El Ghazi, again, he's been released by his club recently due to his political stance with the current ongoings of the world. But definitely a quality player that is available. We need wingers, and there's another one there. Tarek Fosu, I'm sure we were linked with him in the past, eh? Um, He's left Brentford. Is it the same person? Was it two photos? We were on somewhere before, wasn't it? I think sure it was it. Was it. Yeah, we were linked to yeah. him. Yeah. It's just got, I, I was loving a look at him. He's got a few names. So it depends what we were calling him before. But Tarek Fosu, 28, again, winger. He's a free transfer now. We were looking at him potentially before on loan, weren't we? So it's yeah, something yeah. we can explore. And Luke Freeman, a central attacking midfielder, 31 years old, now released by, I want to say, Sheffield United. Well, not in the forest, one or the other. Slips my mind, didn't write it down. Um, experience in a Prem in the Championship. Again, attacking player that you know we need some of those. So just people that we could pick up, maybe, or if we tried. I guess it depends on wage demands for all of those. Probably can't afford any of them, but they were on my list for freeze. And then let's pick, in terms of realistic, 
um, Christian Fletcher is currently in our youth team, scored against Aston Villa in the week, in the in the under-23 game, scored 10 goals this season. I would not be surprised to see him mid-permanent in January. That is one that might be on the cards. Duff spoke about potentially including him in the first team in the coming weeks, months. Um, one that we have been linked with is Will Evans from Newport, a striker, a little bit of a Hollywood story behind him coming up from lower leagues. And I think he played for like Barrytown or something or Bala, one or the other. And he's he's gone into Newport. He's doing well. He scored quite a few goals for them and us and Huddersfield apparently tracking him. So a bit of a lower league one that might be, might be, you know, a reality to that one if the reports are to be believed. And then I, I listed a few people so we've got Josh Sheehan. Now, he's a product of our academy. He's recently been getting called up to the Wales squad. A central attacking midfielder played for Bolton, doing quite well in League One. Could we re-explore that? Yeah, well, yeah, I don't... Maybe. It's not a bad shout. Um, I've got Hannibal. He spent last season on loan at Birmingham from Manchester United. A 20-year-old, but he's got... Un- well, he basically runs out of contract in the summer. So if you want to stick to the youth, future potentially sell-on fee and all the rest of it maybe someone we could look at and then if you want to look at midfield as well we're a bit more experienced there's two will hughes out of contract in the summer with crystal palace 28 years old and emiliano marcondes from bournemouth again 28 out of contract in the summer from bournemouth so i don't know if they are realistic or not but i feel like if we want to break the bank and make a statement they're players that we could have a look at it's good though there's a few uh there's there's a few out there. I think it's if we can, uh, you know, if we can be a bit clever in the market, we'll see what's uh, we'll see what's out there. I tell you what, I don't want. Though. I don't think. Well, I don't know if we can actually. I'm not sure what the limit is, but I don't want any more loan players. Well, five on a match day squad's the limit, and we already have five usually in a match day squad if they're all there. Yeah. So, but anyway, that brings us to the end of the video. So thanks, Alia. Now you've got to shoot off to do some fun revising. So enjoy that. Good luck for that future exam. I'm sure everyone will join me wishing you good luck for it in a couple of weeks. But yeah, let us know in the comments what you think about our transfer options. If you tell us we're talking a lot of rubbish with all them players, that's fine. Give us some of your options who you'd like to see signed in in, in January in the next few months because obviously we need some reinforcements. So it'd be good to get uh, all of your thoughts on who you think could help Swansea for the rest of the season. And on that note, we shall see you in the next video. Don't forget, there's an interview with Kev Johns coming up soon, maybe before the next podcast. We'll see how it goes. So keep your eyes tuned for that one, and we shall see you next time. So have a good one. See you later. The match has just finished, and you're on your way home. What better way to celebrate that 90th-minute winner than a McNugget share box and a few dips with your mates? You channel your inner Ronald as you race to beat the muck delivery home, just making it an injury time. Ordering McDelivery is easy on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. <laughs> Just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. 
Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.